Welcome to another episode of Them Aspergers. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Are you up for that? Nothing. Uh, nothing. What? Oh, nothing. I'm just happy. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so, um, another week, it's been another week since you last heard us and our conversations, uh, which, by the way, just to clarify for some people out there, these are just conversations between me and Scarlett. At no point did me and Scarlett claim that we were experts or trained in anything to do with this, and it is just our opinions on both having autism, uh, there's just some people out there <laughs> that uh, seem to think that me and Scarlett are claiming that we are uh, autistic professionals. So just just for those people, just to clear that up, uh, this is solely opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks everybody for all emails, messages, uh, liking us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and everything that they've done it on. Uh, my mom sent us a review, by the way. I think it might have been on Apple Podcasts. I got it last night. I haven't shown you it yet, but that's good. So, yeah, good for that. Um, people writing reviews is always a good thing. We've had loads of people join the group this week as well. I know you don't know because I'm the uh, gatekeeper of the Them Asperger's group. But, um, yeah, we've had loads. Uh, it's like up 66% of people. In the oh, last wow. Thank you, week. everybody. Not 60% of like members, but 60% of people trying to get in over the weekly basis, of course according to the Facebook stats thing, which is good. Uh, and everybody's being nice and friendly in there. I've not seen anything dodgy and stuff, which is good because uh, I know a lot of people don't like Facebook groups in general because Facebook groups tend to turn a bit nasty every now and then and ours has not done that yet. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's it's great. Uh, so if you listen to this and you're not in there yet but you've got some questions you want answered or asking, uh, go in there and ask because... Sometimes I go through there, so I tend to do like my email replies and Instagram replies and all that stuff, usually on a Wednesday. Uh, not guaranteed, by the way. If you've sent a message to us through Facebook or Instagram and you've heard nothing back from us, uh, I'm a bit slow at getting through them all, so it doesn't mean I'm ignoring you. I will get to it eventually. Um, but Wednesday's usually my day, and sometimes on a Wednesday I go through our group and look at the posts on there, and I think, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I should message that. And then I see, like, 20 comments, and I think, oh, no. Anything I say now will just be repeating what somebody else has already said. Then I look at the comments, and somebody's already mentioned parts of what I was going to say. So I tend to just like it or, um, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's it. Oh, that was... Uh. That's your... Uh, that was your contribution. Yeah. Uh, I've <laughs> I've been having a little look through the Facebook group, and... I was going to comment on some things because you, you would do the whole, what have you been up to this week? And uh, I would... uh, well, well, well. Oh, okay. uh, what, what have you been up to this week? I have nothing to say. How oh. boring. But I have looked through. <laughs> you have looked through what? I have looked through the Facebook group. And there were just a couple of things on there that I really liked. So, yeah, yeah, Um. The the one person commented on the group about um, one of their quirks, I think they refer to it as, is that they um, prefer subdued lighting, which I've commented on is a me thing before. But what I really liked about this post was something that is actually something that used to happen to me when I was younger. So my mum always used to get up early in the mornings. So my mum would always be up before I was when I was getting ready for school. 
And usually when I went downstairs, the kitchen light was already on. Um, and, you know, that's like a bright kitchen light. But this person described exactly what used to happen to me sometimes where my mum would put the light on that's over the stove. You know, there's that... So sometimes that would be on in the morning and especially like in a winter morning when it was really dark and that was just a nice subdued light and I would love that. That would be amazing because I actually never knew how to turn that light on. So right. I didn't do that myself. But if my mum had done that instead and then I could get my breakfast ready in this nice dimmed light, I used to love that. And I just thought it was funny because this person wrote exactly that that used to happen to them and it just reminded me that that's totally something I did and then they like go on to say how they just prefer working in dark light and being in dark light and again the other night it was quite dark and I was on my laptop and you looked at the laptop and went is that even on because <laughs> I have the brightness on the laptop dimmed down so much just because I, I just don't like bright light at all if I can do everything in the dark i would um, yeah i know you're like a uh like a mogwai <laughs> and they they um commented on how they can see quite or that they seem to have good sight night vision or whatever seeing in the dark and i think i definitely have better night vision i actually can't see very clearly in the light when it is when it's too bright i actually really struggle to see anything which I, I get like a lot of people uh, the sun's in my eyes I can't see but my eyes don't really adapt to light very well no no if I turn a light on that you in the pitch pitch black it's just it freaks you out it's like if um in the morning if you're sat on the sofa and it's dark uh and I open a blind to let sunlight in you you almost yeah it's almost like uh, if you watch like old horror films and you open like a light on a vampire it's kind of like that with you <laughs> Uh, and then you like proper squint and you're like trying to like stare at stuff. Um, you eventually adapt, but it's, it is much slower than other people I know. Like I don't have that problem. Like I can go from like complete darkness to light. Like initially I'm like, oh, uh, but it lasts about 10, 15 seconds and then I'm totally used to it. Because uh, I, you know, if I have to go to the bathroom in the night, uh, I will turn the light on. Uh, whereas you, you don't. You no. just knock about in the dark. Which I always think is a bit silly because you trip over everything. But uh, and don't give me that like, oh yeah, but I can see what you can't really see really well in the dark. You just prefer the dark. I do prefer the dark. I do think I've got better vision in the dark. But yeah, uh, I just uh, I liked that and I thought let me talk about that because then it's because uh, you know I've got nothing to say about my week really. Nothing happened to me this week. What about you? What's new with you this week? Um. Yeah, I uh I've had a few uh autistic uh obstacles this week I suppose. Um I had some problems with so it's it's weird to explain, but um some people that I went to work with that I work with went to a outside of work uh thing together and um they came back and they told me um, basically some things that were said about me by some people. Uh, and it's a weird thing with me is everyone just assumes because like one of my like things that I do is I pretend like I don't care about anybody or what anyone thinks, which to some levels I don't care what other about other people and I don't care what other people think. Um, but for some reason I do care what people think about me 
Uh, and my reason for that is it's if it's related to like my masking. So if somebody cares, says something about me, about my personality, and it's my personality that I put out there when I'm, you know, in the public uh, and people comment about it, I like to know what it is because it's kind of like feedback on how my personality is working or how my NT abilities are and that kind of thing. Because even though most people that I work with know that I'm on the spectrum, um, they forget about it all the time because I don't show anything that's in particularly autistic, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it's interesting when people have comments about it. And the things that were said about me were apparently a bit negative and I wanted to know what it was. Uh, but everyone was like, oh, it doesn't matter. What do you care what the people think? And I was just like, no, tell me what it was. And then they wouldn't tell me what it was. So I got a bit weird and obsessive about it. Uh, but then I realized that when I think about it, I don't really care. But yeah, there's just, uh, there was just that. Um, and another thing to do with, uh, like a hypothetical, uh, I've noticed that, and I don't know if this is a common thing with people on the spectrum, but I'm not good with hypotheticals. Uh, people always ask me like hypothetically, you know, what about this? Or hypothetically, what about that? And, uh, it's same like the question when people say to you, like, I've never had it in a job, but I know that people that have jobs, it comes up a lot where you have like a, um, like a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Appraisal. Uh, and they ask you, like, where do you see your future within the company or where yeah. do you want to go with your position? And I'm not good at, like, projecting, like, my future. Like, you do it a bit. So you're always talking about, like, mortgages and, like, moving and like um you know things you want to do in the future and that kind of thing but I'm not good at like future stuff you know yeah. I'm good at like telling you things that have happened in the past and I'm good at telling you what I'm doing currently yeah but I, I can't picture the future I can't picture like myself like doing anything different to what I do now and I can't picture you know anything uh, so it's the same with hypotheticals. People say hypothetically, what would you do in this situation? And I cannot hypothetically think of anything. You know, I can't give an answer. I can't do stuff. And that's one of those things that people just assume I must be able to do because everybody can do that. And I know that um, it gets confused with some people that think that those on the spectrum don't have imagination and we're not able to do imagination um and so we can't do hypotheticals based on the fact that we have no imagination but i always see them as like two separate things i can imagine all kinds of things i just for some reason when it comes to myself and myself's like future or situations that haven't happened yet i can't answer how i'd behave in them because even now if you ask me like to think of what i'd be like in a situation that i may have been in before i couldn't even agree that what I did in the past is the same thing I do now uh, yeah uh, yeah so there was that and this it was a weird question somebody asked me they asked me a hypothetical and it took me a while to um just sort of go I can't do hypotheticals and then explain the whole autism thing which kind of links into like the topic for today uh topics for today it's kind of like a double topic I suppose um we were going to do a topic of um Autistic traits that you have that you suppress, so things that you know you don't do in public because you would think, uh, they'll think I'm weird if they know that I do this, so you don't do them. Um, so that's like our first one. And then the second one is a bit more complicated, but we'll go with the first one for now, see where it goes. Uh, so um, this is probably, I don't know, I've kind of just sprung this topic on you, 
But uh, what do you reckon? What do you reckon is something that is, now that you know, you've learned plenty about the burgers. Mm. What's something that you only do when you're on your own or I guess in some situations around me that you would never do in public because it, you know, would make you stand out, I suppose, or it's a behavior that's seen as autistic and so you don't do it. Because obviously we have involuntary ones. And they're the ones that you have to have like reasonable adjustments for. And they're the ones that, you know, people say, oh, I'm autistic. Sorry, you know, can't help it. And that kind of thing. But are the ones that you like to do, but don't like to do in public because you worry about how it's perceived? Um, I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind wasn't something that I like to do. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind was meltdowns. Um, e- even when I know a meltdown's coming, if I'm out in public, I will hold it in as much as possible. Sometimes it, sometimes I, I physically can't. But even then, if I'm in public, I will try and get away from the public side of it. So even if I'm still outside, I'll go to, you know, like a quieter place mm. that I I can get to, and that's a big one because I obviously having a meltdown would lead to attention that I wouldn't want. Um, Especially just if, I guess from an outsider's perspective, it would be more like, I feel like there'd be a lot of, are you okay? And that would be worse because like, no, but I also don't want any help for it because it will pass and I'll be fine. Um, So I think that's, a big one that came into my mind was just, yeah, the, the concealing meltdowns. That's and, a good one, actually. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people don't know what meltdowns are. I would say, honestly, before I got diagnosed, I did not know what a meltdown was. No, um, even then, know. on the few times that I had them around people and they explained to me that's what a meltdown was, I wasn't convinced that what I was having was a meltdown. I felt like it's... Because there's a few things that I don't have because I don't have and there's a few like standard autistic traits or situations that um I don't have that they always go this is a common one for having autism and I feel like meltdowns one of those things that pretty much everybody on the spectrum has them so um yeah I didn't I didn't know what they were and I wouldn't say that I've got any recollection of seeing anybody have one even though that the statistics of you know seeing someone with autism is quite high I don't see a lot of them happening so I do feel like a lot of people that are autistic don't really have the meltdowns unless you're a child I guess like children with autism sure but then like you just think it's a really bad tantrum when you see it in children you don't see it so much in adults and yeah I don't know if that's because it happens less frequently um as you get older, like you don't have them as much as when you're doing a child, so therefore they're easier to hide. Or it is just because we've been, you know, you get raised by your parents saying you can't behave like that in public and you can't do that kind of thing out in the open. So you just start, like you said, like you know when they're coming, so you just learn to either hold them in until you're at home or if you sense that they're going to happen because you're out, you go somewhere like the toilet or somewhere quiet and you don't do them publicly um because it is one of those things that we're aware of um even though they're really involuntary uh we're aware of that trying to explain that or understand that and if you did it around people you knew it could really affect how they see you for like a long time yeah you know if they actually saw you have one so especially your ones um 
I don't know how anybody that knows you would cope if they saw you have one. Like, I was fine because I worked out you were a burger before I ever saw you have a meltdown. So then when you did have a meltdown, I knew what it was. But say I hadn't <laughs> worked it out and seen you have one, I don't, even me, like, at the time when I met you, I'd been diagnosed for a long time and had, you know, learned as much as I could have done about it. I think, I don't think I'd have identified it as a meltdown initially. Um at all I'd have just thought what was that you know that was crazy um <laughs> like but your ones are specifically they're not violent but they're quite erratic you know you thrash out a lot uh the noises you make like I imagine it is difficult uh so yeah in your case you would yeah I can see why you'd hide them um yeah you know like because it's not like um not that they're considered the same, and I'm not saying they are the same, but I went to uh, university with a girl that was epileptic, and she had an epileptic fit in public one time. We were using a computer, and she just had one. Like, me and her were using the same computer together, and oh, she wow. had one, like, right next to me. And I did not recognise what it was initially, uh, because I'd never really looked into, like, how epilepsy works. Uh, and it's not the same for everybody, but... She did this thing where she kept saying odd words that didn't fit into the sentences that she was doing. Uh, and she kept, oh, okay. she kept making like weird sounds and then saying odd phrases that I just thought, what? And she kept doing it. And I kept saying, what is this? And all of a sudden she'd fallen off the chair and she was like on the floor having a fit. But the second she fell off the floor and hit the floor, I was like, oh, I know what this is. And then like I just put her in the recovery position and I knew to just leave her to it, put like something cushiony under her head uh, and then just left her there because I kind of remember seeing that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but it didn't make me, like, think any less of her or be odd. She never told anyone she had epilepsy. I didn't know she did. And then when she came out of it, she was, like, a bit embarrassed and, um, you know, tried to explain to me that she had epilepsy. And I just kind of went, oh, yeah, I figured that's what that was, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. But I feel like with a meltdown, because it's, I don't know, I, don't, I know it's not on the same level as an epileptic fit, but we can't control it. No. So um, I do feel like, but it's not as like, she had one, she felt a bit weird about it that I knew, but then, you know, like it didn't change anything. And I don't know if it's because I'm a burger and I, I don't really get affected by stuff like that. People can do some weird stuff around me and I, it doesn't change like how I view them because a lot of stuff I don't understand. So, um, yeah, so, but I, I just think like having a meltdown in public uh, like that, like I, 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 I wouldn't do it. Um, like I've not had a meltdown in front of you so uh, yeah. yeah I just uh, well I haven't had a meltdown in a, in a very long time now um, I have the I'm more towards the shutdowns than the meltdowns yeah uh, and shutdowns are easier to explain I suppose in public sort of um, I get accused of being moody or silent or um, do you know what I mean like just I don't know like it's, it seems to be more of a problem now I used to have shutdowns regularly, uh, but I don't really hide them. I, but I do have them a lot sometimes. And I know that people are talking about me or about them sometimes, but I, they don't really like um, say anything because they're easier to to conceal, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, another one that I think is definitely something I conceal, although not always that well, is my talking to myself. So I talk to myself a lot um, when I'm on my own inside. In fact, it's it's kind of, it's weird because for someone that isn't very talkative, I talk to myself quite a lot. 
it will just be stuff like I'll just explain my actions whilst I'm doing them. Uh, like, I think I've mentioned before, if I'm chopping up food, it's almost like I'm on a cooking show explaining what I'm doing step by step, even though I do the same, you know, chop up broccoli every day. But mm. here I am chopping the broccoli and you want to get it nice and small. Kind of like that. Um, and I... We'll just, yeah, I sort of just talk myself in, like, explain everything I'm doing as I'm doing it to myself. But I think that's something that I don't do when I'm in public deliberately because there's a lot of stigma around talking to yourself in public. A lot. In fact, every time I've seen someone talk to themselves in public, there has been... They're either sort of known locally as being... Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's been like odd. Yeah, I was gonna say to you just for a second there, like everybody talks to themselves to some level. What makes you think that you're talking to yourself is to do with your autism? But then I thought about that. When people say I talk to myself all the time, um, they don't really. Lots of people do, but they do it in that kind of thing, like, oh, you're an idiot. Why'd you do that? Do you know what I mean? I like, do that kind yeah. of thing. Or while they're doing a job, they'll go, uh, yeah, then I'll get I'll grab this and then that's done. And then I've just got room to do that. And they'll do that kind of like talking to themselves. But the talking to self you're talking about is the kind of thing of um, like the guy we walked past yesterday. Do you remember that one? Yes. That I thought was one of those, you know, those guys that um, scream at people about being sinners and not yeah. true believers in God and that kind of thing. I thought he was one of them until I walked past him and he said, I met a guy and he can only talk in cat language. He uses sentences like meow, 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 meow. And I just thought, whoa, <laughs> like, okay, so this guy's uh, not one of them. Um, you don't want to be seen like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's something that I find really difficult to conceal when I've got my headphones in. So I have like noise cancelling headphones. And when I'm listening to, I listen to a lot of podcasts or even just music. When I've got those on, I forget that I'm in public because it kind of puts me in a bit of a bubble. And I do find that then sometimes I catch myself talking to myself. So on my walk to work, I'll I'll sort of catch myself going, is the road clear? I'm not sure. Let me have a look. Oh, that car's speeding. Sort of that sort of thing. And then I'll turn around and see someone behind me and just think, oh, no, I'm talking full on talking to myself. Um, and the another time where I find it really difficult is when I'm at work um, and I'm on my computer because I'm very focused and I forget that there's people around me I do find myself talking to myself then of going why have I just done that what am I doing what's the number and then the person that sits next to me will go Are you okay and I'm like oh yeah I'm fine just just uh talking to myself I don't know if it's an autistic trait but it's definitely something that maybe because I'm hypersensitive to appearing different it's something that I definitely feel the need to conceal. Yeah. Um, now that you've said that, there is a couple of, like, so where I work in the shop I work in, there are a couple of regular autistic uh, customers, and they do that. They both do it um, in that kind of way. So as much as, like, uh, I mean, even though I said at the start of this like episode that we are not experts on this, so I couldn't tell you for sure. And anybody listening to this that knows what we're talking about, if you want to post on Facebook or if you want to message us and explain to us what this is uh, we've got a 
person that actually explained the PDA to me uh, last week, and they've explained a new one to me as well, which I forgot to mention to you. Um, I know you think just to, this is totally out of the thing, but I'm just going to say it because I've remembered. Uh, the person that suggested the PDA to me thinks that they've added me extra worries and are convincing me of stuff I don't have, and like, <laughs> they're worried that they're sending me things, and I'm going to be like, I've got that, and I've got that, and I've got that. The PDA thing, like, it's not... I know you've said that you need like proper diagnosis and stuff, but I, I do genuinely like I do think that one you haven't like added loads of extra worry it hasn't stressed me out or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I've seen these people that come into the store and they do talk to themselves in that way. Um, like they'll start just listing stuff that they can see, yeah. or um, so they'll come into the store and they're just like, oh yeah, so the DVDs are there. I know the DVDs are there. Uh, there's some games over there. Yeah. And then when they pick a DVD up, they go, oh yeah, this is uh, this is Hunger Games. I've seen Hunger Games. I definitely have seen this before. Um, I did like it though. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Will I have time to watch it? And they do that while they're looking at stuff. So I, and I, there's another one. Uh, there's another guy that's autistic that comes in and he's the same, but he doesn't do it to the same level. He just... Uh, He'll just say hello to someone uh, and then he'll go saying hello. Saying hello to people is the right thing to do. If you say hello, then they don't notice that you're not like them. And then like he'll just <laughs> carry on like doing his own. Oh, that's funny. I like that. That's that. I could see myself doing that. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it's there's something in that. Um, I don't do it out loud, but I do do something similar, but it's in my head. So and that's not a concealing thing. That is just when I'm doing stuff on my own around the flat. I think similar thoughts to you. Um, but I make certain things into stages and I do verbalise it sometimes. But um, with me, it's a weird one where I pretend the job I'm doing is something else. So say like I'm... Um, so at work, I do things where I like I test phones and I work out things with phones and that's it. And sometimes my head does this thing where instead of testing a phone, it makes me think that like it's a bomb and I'm defusing it. And it's not really a phone, but it's like a bomb. And I'm like having to do these bits and do these things and, uh, you know, take parts out of it. Or like when I'm putting it back together again and you have to put like the battery in the back on the SIM card in. It's kind of like, you know, when you watch guys that are like on army videos where they take a gun apart okay, and then, or yeah. they get there's like that sniper rifle out of a case and they build it. In my head, sometimes when I do stuff like that, this thought enters my head where I think I'm... Uh, doing that instead so instead of putting a phone back together i'm building a gun because i'm like a hitman or something or uh when i'm typing on a computer uh i'm not typing in just like a google search i'm like hacking into it and i'm like typing in some code and that kind of thing yeah my brain yeah, does yeah. this thing where i'm doing regular tasks and it makes it into um a weird like other task like the other day i was making cookies well last night i was making cookies uh for me and you to have uh and i started imagining i was making some sort of like weird potion uh, and it was like the way I was making like the way I was making stuff and that kind of thing and so my brain does that but the difference is and the reason why for me it's a hiding thing is because when I'm at work or out in public and my thought my brains have this thought so sometimes when I'm walking around supermarkets I pretend like I'm following one of the people that I'm in the supermarket with do you know what I mean? Like I walk, stand next to them and then I look at them while I'm like pretending to put apples in a basket or something. And then, <laughs> they, then when they look at me, I like turn around and like do something else. And I'll do that for a bit and then move on to someone else. But I'm actually doing my shopping. So I'm only following the people that are in the bits that I need to be in. <laughs> I'm not actually following the same person and going to bits. They don't, you know, it's just like it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, same when I'm cycling. Uh, you've never seen the movie Tron. But uh, when I cycle on the movie Tron like when you cycle it makes like a wall behind you 
And when you cycle, you have to try and cut people off so they slam into the wall your bike's making. So it's sort of like as you're cycling, there's a ball building up towards you. And when I cycle to work, I sometimes imagine this wall's coming out of me and all the cars behind me are like slamming into it and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I've always done that. But the difference is when I'm in my flat sometimes, I'll then start acting out the... Um, the thing so as I'm doing it I'll start pretending that like it's actually happening so like when I was making the cookies and doing the potion that kind of thing instead of just mixing it normally I was kind of like casting it in in a kind of like weird <laughs> way uh, and I do like really exaggerated movements with everything I'm doing uh, when I do normal jobs but when I'm out in public I do not do that yeah uh, if I pretended to then after I put the phone in pick it up like it was a gun uh, which is something I might do if I'm at home uh, I won't do it in public because I just think no, because that's weird. Because, yeah. you know, I'm 34. Uh, why am I pretending this mobile phone is a gun and I'm like hiding behind walls and like that kind of thing? Yeah. But at home, totally like that. Um, that is just something I do. Uh, weirdly, in this PDA thing, it, there was something in there that listed um, that as being one of the things that's a sign of like having like a weird like imagination where you create weird worlds and you make like tasks into something else completely different. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I do that I don't do in public that I definitely do around you is, uh, well, there's two things. I've got a physical and a uh, like verbal stim. So I talk to you sometimes in really weird accents and say stuff that's not, um, like not any, they don't make any sense. Like yeah. I say stuff to you that have no point. I have, I have conversations with you that are about, fictional situations because they're not really things and it's it's the voice the voice doing different voices to me is like a weird stim that i enjoy doing like weird voices or sometimes i'll just make odd noises for no reason yeah um or you've seen me do that thing where it's hard to explain because obviously this is a audio podcast but you know that thing where i'll just dive into one space and then do like really weird like erratic movements yes. and then disappear again yeah um, I will never do them in public, obviously, but there's sometimes um, Scarlett will be in the kitchen and I'll just jump out of nowhere, land in like the doorway of the kitchen. And I don't know, what would you class that movement is that I do? Um, yeah, you're doing it now. So, I, <laughs> so I put one arm fully outstretched and then the other arm pointing towards the outstretched arm but sort of chopping down in an aggressive motion. I can't, I can't describe it, but that is your favourite move. That I do it for like five or six times and then I... Uh, just sort of walk off. Dive out the way again. Yeah. Or um, like if I pick, move stuff from the front room to the kitchen, sometimes I won't do it in a normal walk. I'll do like weird You'd, sidestepping yeah. or uh, that kind of thing. And they're all like physical stims. I know I do it for like sensory feedback and I know that it's, it's definitely an autism thing. Same with the voices... And they're talking because sometimes I will talk to myself at home in a different accent. So I'll just keep talking about situations that aren't really happening. Um, but I'll be doing an accent of somewhere else at the time while I'm doing it. And the trouble is, is sometimes at work, I'll be walking like out of the area that I'm in and walking past people. And that urge to just leap yeah. in front of them and do the physical stim. Um, but my brain goes, no. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. I'll just like. I'm just going to, and like you used to work with me. Yeah. Did you ever notice that I would just walk from one area of the store to another area, stop and then come back for no reason? Yeah. It's because I had the urge to do the physical thing. And if I'd have just done it, I wouldn't have needed that little walk. But sometimes <laughs> I just do like a quick walk around 
to try and like uh, get, get it out, your try system. and get it back. I'll just like stomp my feet a bit more, or um, you know, uh, climb on something and then yeah. jump off it again. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's like a weird uh, autistic stem of mine is to uh, like you used to see me climb up on the bits to grab things instead yeah. of using like the stool and stuff that was usually because i could have just gone and got and sometimes you'd see me use the stool yeah uh that was because i was having one of my urges to dive out and do a move but uh i was just like no i'm at work don't do it so then i used to like i'm just gonna go pull this down from here for no reason yeah uh yeah so that's like one of my ones is uh i have like weird physical and verbal stims that i like to do uh, i don't know why i don't know the purpose of them we've done an episode on stimming before but i I don't get why I do them. My sensory therapist just said it's for a, some sort of sensory feedback. Uh, and I think it's believed that some burgers do it to um, focus. So it's when you feel like you're getting a bit like worked up and flustered. So you focus. It's like you and you stroke stuff. Yeah. You do it as a way to calm. Yeah. Uh, I think my diving out and doing like the weird chopping thing is uh, just a way <laughs> to calm myself down or something. Yeah. Um, and I imagine as a child, I used to do them all the time. Uh, but as I've got older, and this episode, really, when you think about it, is you tend to hide some of your traits. And it's one of those things that older burgers, like, you just start hiding the things that when no one's watching, you'll just do. Because uh, you think, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Who cares? No one can see it. Um, which is one of the things you like about being around me is because you can do these things around me and it doesn't matter. I've heard you saying you're weird talking to yourself stuff. I've, yeah. I've, I've caught you doing it, but you don't... Uh, I think the first couple of times I caught you doing it, you were a little bit like, oh no. Uh, but uh, now you're not bothered if I walk past. Sometimes you walk past, look at me and carry on doing it. Uh, and it's the same with my uh, just leaping out at you sometimes. Yeah. I think uh, another one that you've just reminded me of more from the... Because when you're younger, it's different. Um, something that I do that I definitely don't do outside of, I mean, really my own flat or like here with you would be the, the way I talk. And I think it might be another, I think one of the main reasons why I don't talk that much, I I don't get that much enjoyment from talking. I think as I've said many a time, but also I think because there's always that worry that all what I'm going to say will sound autistic or different. Mm. And one of the things that I know I do with you is sometimes I just say like things that are funny or I think they're funny, but they're inappropriate. <laughs> like, and that's something that I can't do in public. And I think because with you, I know it doesn't matter. I can make jokes about you and you won't be offended, even if the joke I'm saying is not very, like, is is obviously not very nice. Like, we will have a back and forth where we're just horrific about each other to each other. Yeah. But it's all in, like, in good humour. There's no actually being offended. But, you know, we'll say stuff that is... Even when it's kind of true. <laughs> so it would be something that I guess a lot of people would be upset about. And I'm not saying that NT people would and autistic people wouldn't because I know that that isn't... Like, I don't think the lines are there for that. I think there's a lot of NT people that will happily uh, make jokes about themselves and not get offended. But it's something that I find myself definitely having to restrict when I'm out in public. And what I remember from being younger was sometimes, obviously, especially when you're at school and, you know, hormones and whatever, there would be sort of more 
kind of arg not arguments, but you know, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't uh the a uh, bad word. Like so, so I I I went to an all girls school, so it was all um. I don't I, I don't know like it could be a little bit clicky. I don't know if that's different for when it's like mixed gender. I I, I don't know, but there would be sort of nastiness sometimes between girls but i know that when people would be nastiness to me i'd be like i'd sort of think oh we're playing this game right back at you and it would i would do like a bit of a back and forth not realizing that what i was saying was bad and this person was getting upset even though they'd said something about me i would just be like i can take this to the next level because that's kind of what we do we kind of try and one-up each other on how nasty about each other we're being so I would think like, oh yeah, this is what we're doing. This will be fun. And I wouldn't be getting offended by the things they were saying, even if they were saying some horrible things. I would just think we were having this sort of game and that would be something that obviously ultimately would not end up well um, for, I guess, either party. So that's something that I definitely think I have to like control myself saying in public. Like if I think of a joke that I think is funny, obviously it's not going to be worldwide accepted um if it's something that can be personal like i because i know people can be sort of sensitive about certain things like i think for for example the other day i think i was mocking you for having a big nose yeah (laughs) and like it was just in in good humor but i'm sure if you went up to someone else and just went your nose is huge it's obviously not going to go down as well yeah I, it's not something because i've noticed with you actually when you are in public and if you do make a joke you tell like what can only be described as dad jokes <laughs> as the jokes you're going to make and i guess that's because you think that's the only like safe joke to make yeah uh, i do like i i think i definitely restrict what i say and i think it's because i don't know the boundary i'm sure there's a lot of jokes that come into my head that i could say and they would be accepted as a joke and they're obviously in good humor but i think there's definitely been times in the past where i've said something and i've realized upon delivery that it has not gone how i thought it would and it's being taken as a serious comment rather than a joke so i think i now just sort of restrict all just in case because i don't really know like i don't have the thing in my head that says oh there's the line and that's just past it i don't have that there isn't a line in my head that's that's a, that's a weird that's a weird topic. Well, topic. That's a weird one you've picked. That I don't not. I don't hide. So my problem is, is we will be. Ha- I'll be having jokes with someone, and they're saying like what I deem as little jokes about me. Yeah. Um, and I don't see the line of what's acceptable to joke about with someone and what's not acceptable to joke about. There's things that people don't mind you taking uh, the mick out of because they think it's uh, funny. But then you can't do it on certain things to do with them because they won't find it funny. Yeah. They'll find it offensive. Um, I still do it. So it's not something where I think, don't do this. I don't initiate it. That's the only thing I would say with me is I don't initiate that kind of abuse uh, or that kind of jokes. But if someone starts it with me, it is really like a mixed bag as to what I am going to say. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what you can't do. And what you can do. And there's been times where we've had a joke and we've had a laugh and it's ended up with me making the other person I'm talking to cry. Um, and I don't understand 
why that's happened. Yeah. Uh, I do look at them and just think, wait, why are you crying now? And in my head, there has been a few times where I think maybe it's something else that's happened. Like, I think maybe a relative of theirs has died and it's just hitting them now and that's why they're crying <laughs> so I start going what's up you know what I mean like and to, in their eyes I've then just verbally abused them and then I'm leaning in going what's the matter why are you crying uh, and then they're just like what do you mean why am I crying because of what you said and I was like well what I said was a joke oh you think that kind of thing's funny and I'm just like well you said this about me and they're like well you made a joke about um you know I made a joke about your shoes that you're wearing and you made a joke about my weight and I was like yeah and I'm just like well no that's not acceptable I don't understand the the social um the social what do you call it like oh I guess like faux pas and like the etiquette yeah. of what you can say and can't say I've never understood that but instead of just hiding it so like you do where you keep your conversations to like stuff that you know is okay and like vanilla I suppose yeah. and it's not going to cause any offense um with me I portray the personality of someone where nothing's out of bounds and you know I say stuff that's sometimes harsh and one of my like things I put across there is you know people like that about me it's not like people think I'm a horrible person but they say like oh Nicky you know like he'll just say how he feels or he says what he's thinking or like he's a no-nonsense kind of person and you know if you want to get into like a verbal match then there are people that genuinely at my work will go oh Nikki's not gonna like that and then when I turn up and be like what have you done uh people like then gather around because they're wondering what I'm gonna say and like what kind of like savage put down I'm gonna come up <laughs> with and for some people it's like a spectator thing where they like it I've just made that like as part of my personality so that when I do say stuff that I just think why are you upset like have I just really crossed it for, for a lot of people they think oh well this is what happens when you know when you get into like a verbal thing with Nikki like you know no uh no topics out of bounds, like no uh, things, whatever. So for some people, they just don't get into that level of conversation with me because they just think Nikki will just say it. Yeah. Uh, and I've managed to, I guess, hide that it's an autistic thing. And I really don't know what I can and can't make jokes about. And I don't mean to upset people. Uh, and sometimes I, it bothers me for dates. So sometimes I'll get home and I'll be like, but why did they cry? Like they chose to get into that conversation with me. They chose to do this, but I still don't understand why they got upset and it drives me mad for ages and I don't understand why they got so so upset it still doesn't make any sense to me and then I'll start asking people that know that person and just be like why did it make them cry and they're like you can't do you mean you know why it made them cry and I'll be like well I don't tell me Uh, and they're like a little bit like odd but then after a bit I start thinking wait a minute if I keep asking questions like this people are going to notice there's something weird about me because I'm going around trying to figure out genuinely why and then I think I might, if I dig at this up too much and try and work out the answer to this, then people will notice that it's not a case of I did it on purpose. It's a case of I don't understand what I did wrong. Uh, and then that's like an autistic thing. So I guess in some ways it is a autistic behavior I'm hiding and it's similar to yours. But I don't hide it in the sense of not doing it. I hide it in the sense of I bury it in my um, masking so much that it's hard to notice that I do it at all. Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I think that, that definitely makes sense. I think it's it's interesting. I think these are the, the main things that I notice. I definitely think with me, the things I notice that I restrict myself doing in public are a lot more of the, I guess, the internal, so like the verbal and the thoughts and 
more internal things because the physical things yeah, I definitely restrict on but I it's almost like I don't really have to think about them as much for me it's because I, I think we've mentioned before so like when I'm happy I jump up and down I don't do that in public but I don't really think about it doing it in public either it's a little bit more even if I want to it's not a case of I have to think like oh hold it in I just think no I'm public I know like there's such a barrier for me with the physical thing you know um like sometimes I get the urge to run for no reason when I'm out if I'm out for a walk I just get the urge to just I mean I can't run very fast but my version of sprinting for I don't know like 10 seconds I just want to do it but then I think no but I think it's definitely more of a conscious effort I have to make towards the things that I say um, versus the things I do. The things, the physical things are a lot easier for me to restrict myself on. Um, one thing that I find, though, that I do genuinely have to put some thought into sometimes is... I don't know if it's, it's probably not one thing, it's probably lots of different things, but I feel like they're all encompassing. So when people walk past me and say like a really soft item of clothing, I do have the urge to just go and stroke it, which I know that I can't do that because that would be odd if a stranger just comes up to you and starts stroking, I don't know, like your top or whatever, that would be odd. Um, but it's definitely something that I get the urge to do. I equally also have to stop myself and this one happens way too often. Um, if I'm in like a cafe or a restaurant or anything like that and a waiter walks past and they're taking food to a table, but I like the look of the food they're taking, I really have to think about don't reach into that bowl of chips and take a chip as they're walking past. But it's a conscious thing that I have to think because I see it and my brain goes, take that. And then I think, no. <laughs> And that's something that I notice a lot. And it also happens if I'm in a supermarket and, I don't know, say I want tomatoes and someone walks past with tomatoes in their basket, I have to think, no, go and get your own. Don't take them from that basket. And it, I think, I don't know if they're, I feel like they're all linked, but it's definitely something that I notice. Or say like someone's got a handbag and something's sticking out of it and I just... Not even I want to take it, but I just want to know what it is because I can only see sort of half of it and it's kind of brightly coloured or whatever. And I think, what is that? I just have the urge to like reach in, grab it out just so I can have a look. And yeah, I, I think all of those things are linked. But that is something that I do find myself consciously having to stop myself doing in public. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's the social etiquette thing again, isn't it? I mean, it kind of explains last night as well why you grabbed that cookie the second I took it out of the oven. Uh, and it was completely like soft and you yeah you just picked it up and I was like what are you doing and that's just because I guess you wanted to know what they felt like what it felt like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know it's handy for you because when we go to clothes shops so uh, every time I've gone to a clothes shop with Scarlett she will feel everything on the racks you will touch everything yes. that's everywhere just to see how soft it is if something looks soft you know because it's hanging on like a mannequin or it's just on a coat hanger on a rail you know it, you're within your like uh like you're allowed to just grab yeah, it and have I a can feel. touch it and you do it all the time like because you know you can uh even stuff you wouldn't ever wear or stuff that you're not interested in you just think that looks soft 
and then you you grab it. You grab it because you know you can grab it. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that with you. Sometimes you just go into clothes shops just to feel the fabrics and then you leave. Yeah. Like I do feel like sometimes you've just done it to get it out your system. Yeah, probably. Um, but like I suppose it's the things that this episode we're talking about is it's stuff that would you say as a child did you just do the stuff that you now don't do? Because I've seen you run up and down. Like, you run up and down the flat constantly. <laughs> uh, like, not all the time, but there are times where you just run from, um, like, the front room through the hallway to the bedroom through the hallway to the front room, and you just do that a couple of times. Yeah. And that kind of thing. But would you say... Because I would say that some of the things I do, I definitely just did as a child, no matter who was there and where I was, and, like, that kind of thing. And I've seen, like, autistic children in public, and they will just do things that I just think, yeah, I know what that is, but I would never do that. Um, And it is one of those things uh, that people do. I even think, even though I've always said that, like, those that are late diagnosed, you've learned to, like, just cope, you don't know what it is, and you've learned to hide it, uh, and that kind of thing. And those that, I I don't, I'm not 100% convinced that those diagnosed young, so, like, when they're diagnosed at, like, four then just don't start hiding this stuff from people. Because I do think some of this stuff, I was never told to not do it. I've just seen the way people react to it. And then that's made me not do it. Yeah. Um, but like, did you ever as a child grab a chip off a plate that a waiter was walking past with? I don't know. I actually, like, I'd love to say, yeah, but I'm not sure that I would have done because I think I would know what my parents reaction would be exactly so this is what i mean like it's um but would you say that definitely when you were like young young so like really instinctive sort of five six that kind of thing would you say maybe not the chip grabbing thing no but but would you say a lot of these things that you've listed that you won't do in public now you just did back then yeah yeah i imagine so they're talking to yourself and like that kind of and i do actually when i see because autistic or not you when you're a child you can get away with doing all sorts of stuff because you're a child and you don't understand is how people put it Mm. i do find myself sometimes seeing children uh in town or ever and almost being I i don't think jealous is the right word but you know something on those lines of being like oh look at them they're just running around the street and nobody like we were sat at a coffee shop today and we were with um your ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend and his child who's young i think she's three and she was just doing all sorts of stuff that i kind of thought oh i want to do that like she was just wandering around the town i mean what we were on the tables in the high street and she was sort of around the tables. She Mm. wasn't just going downtown on her own or whatever, but there was no, people weren't looking at her thinking that's odd when she was like running about because she's a child and that's what they do. And um, like every dog she saw, she was just stroking. And, you know, if she was in people's way, people weren't getting annoyed because like it's a, it's a toddler. So I, I think, I do sometimes see, and there were some children by us as well that were playing, they were running, they were screaming, but nobody was thinking or looking at them like they shouldn't be doing that because they're children and that's like what they, you know, they can do that. And I think that's uh, something that I do sometimes think like, oh, I wish I could get away with doing that. Like I can't run up and down the street screaming because people would think that was strange. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, do you think... That's because, I mean, as much as, like, 
autism's a you know disorder, disability, whatever you want to call it. It's not obvious. It's not something no. that you can look at and think that's it. So you can't do these things because during like the only time I notice. So there's a there's a kid that I see all the time that I know is autistic, and the reason I know he's autistic is because he's about twelve, thirteen in yeah. age, but he always wears the ear defenders, and he's always carrying this really old, worn Elmo teddy. Always, okay, he's yeah. always got it on him, um, and he's of the age where he's too old to be carrying a teddy around with him. Yeah. But because of the ear defenders... Uh, and too old by society. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've got toys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got stuff. I can see, like, I've got four th- teddies in this room right now. Yeah, like, I, I just don't take them around with me, but I've got them. Um, so, like, it's it's what I mean. And do you know what I mean? Like, you've got... Um, we got you that sleeping mask yesterday that's just soft. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like, I see him... But if you took the ear defenders off him, yeah, uh, and if his mom, he's always with his mom, and if his mom wasn't there, there would genuinely be this, what's he doing with a teddy? Yeah. Like, kind of thing about it. And I feel like that is what it is. As a kid, your autistic stuff, you can just have and just be out with it. And people just think, oh, what a weird child. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. You've told me a few times that you were seen as like a weird child. Yeah. But everyone just kind of thought you're a weird child. And I feel like with autism, because you know that it's making you different and making you stand out and it's that's not always the a good thing is that you learn to hide it but with nt people there's the possibility that they kind of just grow out of it and as they get older they learn things and they change they are i feel like with a few people including myself the stuff i did or wanted to do as a child i never grew out of it it's still there it's still internal it just i don't do it in public and it comes out um in different ways now. But you know what I wonder, and I don't. I hope this isn't too off topic, but I wonder, is the separation really there between um, NT and autistic, or is it not? Because I think this is all stuff I would like to do, but evidently, like, other people don't want to do it. And I see I what I'm assuming are NT people walking around town um, like we were today, and they were sat at the table drinking coffee, and they weren't running around like the children were. They were sat drinking the coffee. They were doing the adult thing. And then, you know, you see adults round town doing adult things all the time. You don't see adults round town doing the, the child things. However, then people pay all this money to do, um, uh, like, paintballing and, you know, like, Tough Mudder and stuff. And then I think, is that... Is that because that's what they really want to do and they're just suppressing it? I like This is something I'm genuinely curious about because I know that I actively make the effort to suppress it. But if I could, I would play like all day, every day. I'd be running around, I'd be doing... You know, if it wasn't considered weird and I didn't have like <laughs> neurotypical uh, or not even neurotypical, but like societal things that I had to do, such as work and life so you know pay my rent do my bills do my laundry do my washing up cook my dinner buy my food if I didn't have all these things that I had to do like a child doesn't I would still be acting like a child I wouldn't be acting differently like what's seen as an adult I wouldn't do those things but then I think because people pay to do the more childlike things if you like does that mean that everyone feels like that? No, no, I uh, I don't think so. 
I get what you mean. <laughs> um, and I get that, like, you know, playing football when you're older, like, that's something that people just do. You know, like, they play football as a kid. You play it after school all the time on the green. Uh, but then as you get older, you've got, like, responsibilities and you've got, like, bills to pay, mortgages to do, kids, marriage, that kind of thing. So then you can do it on a Thursday night with a bunch of other blokes at, like, a proper football pitch, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not just a tennis ball that you're kicking around in a car park somewhere. You go somewhere and pretend like you're doing it in a professional, it's good for my health, it's good for my body, you know, it's good for team morale and that kind of thing. But in your head, you just like, let's just kick the ball around and go mental like yeah. I used to do. I get that, but I've noticed that the thing that we're talking about really in this episode, as much as I'm saying, is basically we're saying, is it okay to stim in public? Yeah. And like stimming is not something that NT people do. And all our stuff that we've said that we don't do, meltdown is a form of stimming in a sense. It's a negative one, but it's there. And I think it's because you know you can't do it. But as a child, you just stim in public. You know, you just do it. You know that stimming helps. You know that it helps with concentration. It makes you feel better. It makes you relax. It calms you down. But in public, some of the stims, especially me and you have, you can't do it. You're talking to yourself while you're doing stuff is a stim. Yeah. Um, but you won't do it in public because you know that it's a weird thing to do and people would see it. But if in not doing it, when you feel like you've got to do it, it has like almost a negative effect when you don't stim in public at the points where you need to. You'll need to just run mentally in a straight line until you like have had enough of running is a stimming but you don't do it but how do you feel like when you have the urge to do the run in a straight line and you don't do it and you carry on walking you definitely feel like restless yeah yeah so that's the difference i think with these people you're right there's things that they used to do when they were younger that was fun and when you were kids you have more fun then because there's no responsibilities there's no the things that life expects of you and then when you get older all the fun and you don't really have fun all the time you don't have fun like every day so what you do is you set like slots of time to have fun in and a lot of people's fun is like paintballing or like you said like tough mudder or doing the things that are basically the same like what kids do like rock climbing and like that kind of thing it's stuff you do as a child but I think for us you have to stim every now and then and you feel this overwhelming urge to stim but you think not in public your things of rubbing something soft you always like to do it the second you're in, the second you're behind closed doors. But how do you think you'd look at work if you just whipped this sleeping mask that you don't wear on your face, you just like how soft the material it's made out of is? Just whipped it out of your desk and started stroking it. Yeah, it would seem odd. Yeah, but yeah. that's not a thing that all NT people fancy doing, like running around in a circle or that kind of thing. That's something that doesn't enter their head. The thing where I dive and do the fake chopping... <laughs> I've never been with anybody where behind closed doors, they, I've gone, oh, I do that too. Never seen anybody else do it. <laughs> and every time like ex-girlfriends or people I know have seen me do it, they just go, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> they look at me like, what, what, what's going on? Or they go, there's something wrong with you. You know that, right? Like, I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. Um, and yeah, the, really this episode, even though it's kind of, we've kind of started out weird, is about like stimming in public and how we don't do it because... We know it looks weird. Yeah. Um, but then, like, what effect does that have on you in not doing it, you know? Well, yeah, it's hard to tell. I don't know if it has... Uh, probably makes me feel more sort of, I don't know, maybe a bit more anxious or whatever. But I think the the bigger effect of it is it makes me not like being in public around people as much. And probably a lot of me not enjoying like social interactions and being in public is because it's so it feels so restricting 
as much as I get exhausted, maybe that's why I find it exhausting because I love being outside. Being outside is a lot of the time my preference to being inside. I like especially getting doing some sort of activity like especially walking I really like walking and I find that I do a lot of just going out when I can because I get a bit restless um but that's going to quieter places where I can still do you know the things that I want to do uh freely in I guess in the outdoors whereas I think a lot of times I don't want to go to social interactions because it means that I have to restrict myself so much from what I can do and can't do. And maybe that's a big part of it for me is that the the reason I don't like being in social interactions is because I can't do my own thing. I've, I know sometimes we go for a day out, um, even if it's just going into town, Bournemouth town, not where we live so you know we have to travel there which we do on foot how long does it take to walk there about 45 minutes about that yeah yeah so it's about a 45 minute walk which is in public i would say then we're in town it's quite a busy town there's people all around and then maybe we'll come back and that's a 45 minute walk and then maybe we go around the town that we actually live in sometimes we need some other bits from the shops there so that's more and it gets to a point where I start getting really anxious and I just think I need to be inside now, I need to be away from everybody. But I think what I really mean is I need to stim like crazy <laughs> and I just can't do it right now because I'm in public and I think that's where it comes from. I don't know if it's a need to get away from people. I think it's a need to be myself. Yeah, like you have a weighted blanket and now you've got it. You do say things like, I'm just going to... You said it today. We were looking for something to get for lunch and you just kind of went, I just want to go home and get under the weighted blanket. Like you said it to me and I was like, all right, cool, we'll uh, we'll go. Um, but this is what I'm saying. This is the difference. This is the difference between us and the NT people is because... And like you said that when you go to social stuff, you go and you can't be yourself and it's stressful. Whereas unless you're going to like a work social event... Most NT people that I've met, they go to work, but when they go to the social event, the social for them is the the stim, is the release. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. It's the yeah. thing they go to to let their... They always say, like, let their hair down, paint the town red, like, that kind of stuff. Uh, and they do it because that's how they, like, let themselves loose and be the person they are. And, like, you know, they do the, the getting drunk and the dancing and the, you know, like, that kind of thing. That's not always getting drunk, obviously, but... Like they go to coffee shops with their friends or yeah. they go shopping with their mates. And that's their form of like, I guess, NT stimming where they stimulate themselves and they let their hair down and they, they be themselves because they're not at work and they haven't got to be professional or fit in. they just do what they want. But that's them. But for us, for me anyway, and I know it's the same for you, going to those sort of events is like if I've gone to work. Yeah. I feel the same restrictions at both. And that's because I can't do my autistic stuff that I can only do at home or around you yeah. um like i'll do with my autistic stuff around you because you're on the spectrum you understand i used to do it in front of exes to be fair it's not like it's something that i'm like oh i've met you now i'm glad i can do it around someone it's not something that i need to like i finally got someone to share this with it's just when i lived with like other uh when i lived with like my exes and that kind of thing i just do it because i think well i've got to do it yeah <laughs> i'm at home now i'm not when am i supposed to do it do i go out in the garden like do you know what i mean so i just like 
I just do it, and they'd be like, "What was that?" And I'd be like, "I don't know." And they just think, they, like, even before I was diagnosed, they just think like, uh, "You're just a weirdo." Um, but I was fine. I was just like, "Whatever." You're in a relationship with me, like, yeah. so like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. question yourself here. You decided to go out with a weirdo, so like, uh, whatever. I don't care. Um, and that's my form of doing the same, which is why they were like, "You never want to go anywhere. Why do you never want to go out? Why do you want to stay in all the time?" Do you know what I mean? Like, except for like with you, that's never an issue because you're the same. But like with other people, they'd be like, "You never want to go anywhere." We we just sit in all the time. You never want to go out for food. You never want to go out with my friends. You never want to go out to the clubs and that kind of thing. And I, in my head, I'm just thinking, well, I've been to work today. Why am yeah. I go, why am I going again? Like I've just, do you know what I mean like I, this half an hour window I've had to just be myself yeah. isn't enough for today. And you know what I think is interesting as well, and it's is definitely in relation to that. Is so there's a lot of things that I quite enjoy watching. I mean, I don't really like TV that much, but I'm just using this as an example. So like, I quite like watching, for example, um, the women's football world cup loved it love watching it brilliant and i like watching a lot of sport um mm. especially athletics love it we'll watch that on tv the olympics is oh i just it's amazing i love it love watching that um but then uh my dad or someone will go oh you should uh, get tickets and go watch a bournemouth game like football game and i think no <laughs> Why would I want to watch it live when I could watch it in my flat on TV? <laughs> and genuinely, I know for a lot of people, the watching it live would be the, the better alternative. Whereas for me, that would ruin the fun of being by myself watching it. Or say someone was like, oh, should we go to the pub and watch it? I would think, no, why would we, why would we ruin it by doing it that way? And um, it's it's a similar thing with when films come out and people are like, oh, you, you're going to go to the cinema and watch it. And I think, no, I'm going to wait for it to come out on uh, <laughs> so I can watch it at home. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you mean. It's like me and um, music. Uh, I like certain bands. I have like a favourite band of all time and I've been a fan of them since I was like 11 years old. Yeah. And... Um, Every time they play anywhere live, people are just like, oh, you're like the biggest fan of them ever. You should totally get tickets. And I just think, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to get tickets to go see them. I like listening to them when I'm on my own, like, or like if I've got my headphones in. Why would I want to go to a room <laughs> full of loud people, weird smells, everybody crowded in, knocking into each other to see the band I like, but they're going to be up there on stage with loads of flashing lights and mentalness and people pushing to get to the front of them. They don't sound the same <laughs> on the stage as they do in my headphones. So my weird like connection to how I like them to sound yeah. is not how they sound live. I don't like listening to live music. I don't buy live albums. I don't like listen, even though I like this band and I like all their songs. They've got live albums and I hate them. I don't listen to them live because I don't like the sound of them live. I don't like the sound of any band live. Any band live to me, they sound not the same. It doesn't sound like it's the same band. Especially when you can hear at the end people cheering and clapping. That for me, I go, I'm sort of like, I have a weird shudder. Like, oh, all these people, like in my yeah. ears, it's weird. Um, so I don't, I don't do gigs. I don't go to them. Like they're, I mean, I imagine there's loads of people out there actually that are autistic that don't go to gigs because the noise, the people, that Weirdly, kind of thing. I also know a lot of people that are autistic that do though. And that is one of the social events that they will happily go to, which not, and the, like, if that's what you like, that's brilliant. I think that's amazing. But it's, I find that very interesting because given the circumstances of the fact that it is usually crowded, 
it is usually sort of flashing lights and it is usually very loud music. I find that fascinating. Yeah, I, I can't I can't do it. The second I'm there, I hate it. And people just like, you know, people come out and go, oh, they're so good live. And I just think, we were at the same thing. <laughs> like, that was that was awful. Um, they didn't sound the same. Like, they didn't seem the same. Like, when I'm listening to the band, I imagine what they look like while I'm listening to it. Uh, and then when I see them, I'm just like, well, that's not what you look like, because that's now how I've got it in my head. Uh, so, yeah, I hate live music, but uh, and especially this band I like. They never really come over to the UK that often, and they've been over here like three times, uh, and I've never been to see them. And one time they played at the O2, which oh, okay. is literally five minutes down the road from where we live. Uh, and someone was just like, oh, yeah, you've got to go to that. Surely you've got to go to that. Like, it's just down the road. And I, I, I knew... That it would seem weird if I went, well, I'm not going to go because and I just kind of went, yeah, of course I got tickets. I got tickets ages ago. I'm definitely going. <laughs> but then they were just like, who are you going with? And I'm just like, I'm not going with any of you losers. Like, I don't know what I mean, like, I'm going on my own. You guys don't even like them. Like, you're not coming with me and ruining my thing. I'm going to go by myself, enjoy them and come home. And people were like, oh, OK, fine. Be like that. Uh, I didn't go. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even get tickets. I wasn't even interested. <laughs> um, the idea of it, I just thought, but why would I do that? Like that, that it doesn't make sense. I don't understand going to see bands you like live. Um, I've been dragged to them, but since my like diagnosis, I've not been to one because I know I don't have to go. I just straight away, the burger card is out and I'm just like, not going. Um, whereas in the past, people would buy me tickets to stuff or I'd just go to things and everyone else was like well into it. And I just thought I've got to pretend like I'm into this because if I don't, I'll seem odd. Yeah. Uh, especially because they, I do listen to music a lot. So people just assume that I would be the kind of person that goes to gigs, festivals, that kind of thing. Uh, but I literally can't think of anything worse, especially festivals. Like, I hate camping and I don't like live music. So why would I go to something that's a combination of the two? Yeah. Uh, also, I need to, like, clean and stay clean. And I don't like dirt on stuff. And I don't like looking messy and that kind of thing. And the idea when people go, yeah, I didn't wash for three days. And I got covered in mud and I had to sleep in a tent. No one's ever said anything to me about any sort of festival that I've gone, oh, actually, I might like that aspect of it. They just, everything they add, oh, and then there's this and there's this. It's like they're just going, you know, and then this will happen to you and then you'll have to experience this and then this is excruciating. I'm just listening to the list of things. That I just think, why do people pay for this? Yeah. yeah it's interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> it's just something that I thought about then. It came mm-hmm. to my head. Yeah, I like that. Well, that's it for this week. Um, next week, we are going to go into the other half of this conversation. Yeah, um, weirdly, while we were talking about this, if I sounded like in any way restricted, it's because I was coming up with things and I thought, no, that's the other half. So it's, yeah, I've got quite a lot that I want to talk about, but it's for next week. Um, also, uh, so the usual, um, like Facebook, uh, Instagram, the email. The email is themaspreaders at gmail.com. If you've got any topic ideas that you want us to cover, um, feel free to ask. Don't feel like you can't. Um, we will cover it if you ask. Like, Because me and Scarlett don't take a break from this. We do this every week. We've done this every week now for... What month are we in? <laughs> August. So we've done this like a year and a year and a quarter, roughly. Uh, and we've done every week since then. So we will cover your topics, um, definitely. We will go over some of our old topics as well, because me and you have like got better at this. I know a few of the first episodes we did, we used to try and limit them to an hour, 
uh, and we'd say oh, we go back in that in more detail it's quite broad so we will kind of go into more things yeah because uh, obviously we can't we continue to do this we're gonna you know not run out of topics but we will like be able to go back into stuff at detail so if there's a topic we've covered in the past or you've been listening to our old episodes and you found stuff interesting but you thought um you wanted more yeah like we're not gonna not do another episode on stimming or not do another episode on sensory stuff or overthinking or any of that kind of stuff like we will go back to it it's just me and scarlet like we say we don't really script this we rarely pick the topic we're gonna do until the day we're doing it uh there's not really much planning in this which and at times you can probably tell but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we are gonna i know it's been a topic that we've been asked about so many times to cover we really have loads of times is like the whole gender and not seeing gender and stuff we will cover it we're still coming up with how we're gonna cover it like it's, it's one of those topics that i feel like you need to to have more planning behind but it is one that I want to do, and it, it's been suggested to us like quite a few times. So we, we're getting there. We will do it. I'll, uh, yeah. What are we doing next week? Uh, the other half of this. Which, yeah, but you haven't I'm not going to say it, it Oh, you're not going to say I've what said it is. It's quite a... I, I can't really... Like, I need more time to think about it, because obviously I have to name the episodes, and the episodes get named after the topic. And, like, I have to then kind of break it down into, like, an easier thing. And I feel like what this is, is every time I try to explain it to you... Uh, I've kind of listed like four or five sentences and you've gone, yeah, I know what you mean. That sounds like a good topic. But if I do it now, I could be, you know what I'm like, I'll start talking. It'll make me think of something else. And I know it's another 15 minutes of this episode because <laughs> I'm trying to explain next week's topic. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the usual stuff. Just look for them Asperger's on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Them Asperger's at gmail.com is our email address. There's a private group on Facebook. We've said it all loads of times. You know what to do if you want in on any of this or if you want to contact us directly. Um, and yeah, that's it. That is it for this week, unless there's anything you want to add. Thank you, everyone that listens to this episode. Our estimated audience, according to the Anchor app, has gone up quite a bit uh, since we started doing all the social media. I know that we got really good with the Instagram posts and then... They haven't happened in a while, but my head of Instagram doesn't seem to be doing any pictures, do you? Yeah, one's going up today. Oh, is it? Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Amazing. Thank yeah, you. That's Bye. It, yeah.